Johnny Dollar. Earl Foreman, Johnny, out here in Los Angeles. Well, hi, Earl. How's the weather out your way? Oh, are you kidding? It's wonderful. Always in this desk from this stream of small claims that are driving me mad. Now, what kind of claims, Earl? A lot of money lost through armed robberies and holdups. Oh? Mm-hmm. Looks as though the same man is committing the money. There's a pattern to them, huh? Now, you said armed robberies. Yeah. Anybody been killed? Not yet. No? But only because nobody's trying to fix up to this hold-up man. He's apparently a pretty mean customer. Oh, I see. In other words, maybe I can have the honor of being his first victim. That's right. Hmm? No, no what I mean is, uh, well, I suppose it could be kind of dangerous for you, so, uh, well, that is... No, uh, no, no, no. It's all right, Earl. For you, for the sake of dear old tri-state life and casualty, uh, no sacrifice can be too great. Even if it means loss of the thing most dear and precious to me, my life. No, 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 come off that stuff. <laughs> Never mind, Earl. I'll see you in a couple of days. CBS Radio brings you Bob Reddick in the exciting adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Tri-State Life and Casualty Insurance Company, Los Angeles office. Following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the Wayward Killer Cycles matter. Expense account item one, $107.40 plane fare. It was after 7 p.m. Hartford time when Earl called me, and the next good flight I could make was shortly after dawn the next morning. It got me there about 9 a.m. Pacific time. Item two was $6 for a cab to Earl Foreman's office in Westwood. And these store robberies, Johnny, have all taken place at Lamodra Beach. Lamodra Beach? Yeah, it's one of those new developments that have sprung up like weeds all over this town. Now, you mean it's part of Los Angeles? Yeah, that's right. Just like Westwood here and Brentwood, Hollywood, View Park, Studio City, Sherman Oaks. Mm. Anyhow, Lamodra Beach is a real nice snooty resort. There's a main shopping section nearly a half mile long. Markets, nice little furniture, dress and jewelry stores, car dealers, drug stores, everything. I see. And these robberies have all occurred along that main stem. Now, the robberies, not burglaries. Robberies. Every one of them, Johnny. And there have been seven in a row now. Every one of them has occurred in broad daylight in a regular pattern. Now, wait a minute, Earl. Yeah. Haven't the police been able to do anything about them? Oh, they've tried all right, but so far they haven't got the first base. Mm-hmm. Now, let's get to this pattern. Yeah, well, to begin with, it all looks like the work of one man. The store owners who have been robbed all make them about five foot ten, ten and a half, around 150 to 55 pounds, dark brown hair, age about 30, and he wears a handkerchief over his face. Well, let's face it, Earl, that description could fit thousands of men. Yeah, I know. Anyhow. Well, anyhow, Johnny, he always pulls his jobs in the mornings when there aren't too many people in the shops and on the streets. And at the precise moment when the owner is all alone. His timing has been almost too good to be true, almost fantastic. Mm -hmm. And he simply barged in waving a gun? That's right, an Army 45. He's made the owner clean out not only the cash register, but the safe, provided it's in a back room that can't be seen from the street. Then he skipped out through the alley that's behind all those doors. And it's all happened so fast. I tell you, Johnny, his timing is just fantastic. And don't any of the store owners have alarm systems? Believe me, they've all ordered them. 
but there hasn't been time to get any of them installed. The seven robberies have all happened within the past business week. Two of them were in one day. Now, how much money has been taken? Well, not an awful lot, but enough to hurt. You see, they're all uh, kind of exclusive shops, expensive. Except for the little coffee nook that was knocked over yesterday. All within a week. Yeah. Almost before the police have really had a chance to catch up with him. That's right. And they have so few police out there. So maybe he'll knock over a couple more places and then take off for other parts. Or maybe he's through here already. Well, that's why I think you'd better act fast. I mean, if it was somebody who lives there doing it, he'd take his time, pull a job, then wait for the heat to die down, then plan and pull another. Now, what's the address of that coffee nook? Uh, 421 Harbor Drive. Mamodra Beach. Right. You want me to drive you over there? Would you want to loan me your car instead? Oh, sure. Sure. Here's the keys. Help yourself. Okay, Earl. I'll check with you later. Item three, 470 for a tank full of gas. And I drove to Lamotra Beach. Believe me, it's an exclusive resort, all right. And not only because of the expensive homes around it, all of them in the $50,000 and up class, but I looked at the prices in some of the shop windows along that main drag. One sign in the window of a tailor shop announced that soup prices start at 275 bucks. And most of the buildings are quite colorful. A bar and grill that looks like the bow of a ship. A radio shop with a tower to make it look like a lighthouse. Then at the coffee nook, and that was the name of it, Mrs. Webster's Coffee Nook. He certainly did, Mr. Uh, Mr. Dollar, did you say? Yes, Mr. Thanks. Certainly did. He took over $135 from me. You know, some of that money I put aside to pay my bakery bill. Oh? You see, until they get a bank out here. Oh, boy, oh. certainly you say hurry up and get that bank finished before everybody gets robbed. There isn't a bank around here? Oh, there will be. There'll be three of them. Well, all that confusion over building codes, well, all the rest of the stores and places got in, the people started coming before they can finish up a single bank. And now, Mrs. I Webster... I uh... have to keep so much money around here all the time, so does everybody else. Oh, it's the nearest bank over in the valley or in Santa Monica or Westwood. But after what happened to me with that robber yesterday morning, well, you should have seen him with that horrible-looking pistol the way he waved it at me. Yes, well, Mrs. Webster, I... The police are doing everything they possibly... Look, 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 there they go now. There. Yes, I see. And if you ask me, Mr. Dollar, if you ask me, that means there's been another robbery. There, you see? They're stopping at that nice radio and television store, just the other side of Sam the Taylor. And do you see that nice Mr. Marks, the owner? You see him talking to the policeman? Yes. Yes, it looks like you're right, Mrs. Webster. Another of these robberies. I hung around the edge of the crowd in front of the radio and television store until the police could poke around and ask the usual questions. And apparently get the same answers they had from all the previous victims of the holdup man. Instead of checking in with them, I waited until they and the usual bunch of sympathizers left the shop and then sauntered in. <sighs> so I suppose I should be glad they didn't haul away all my stock, too. They? I mean him, that dirty robber. $200 he took from me, all the cash I had. Too bad. Because the same one has been robbing everybody else around here. Even the police admitted. Only how did he know I was here alone? Answer me that. How did he know that Bertram was out making that installation for Mrs. Govan over on Park Drive? Huh? I'm sure I don't know. 
kid. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to close up this place, that's what, until they catch him. Or until they get a bank in this town. And so are a lot of other people. You mark my word. And if you excuse me, mister, I'm going to close up this place right this minute. Well, I'm Unless you want to buy a radio set or maybe a TV, mister. No, no, thank you. You would have you seen this model. Oh, one of the finest TV sets ever made. Absolutely the newest model, 23-inch picture, high fidelity. Yes, yes, I'm sure. Here, look, look, look here. Here, step back away from it, huh? Here, 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 like this. You see this little thing I just took off the hook in front of it? No bigger than a package of cigarettes. Well, so well, maybe king size. Now, Mr. Mark. It's positively the latest type remote control. Well, I'm here to see you. About... So that's the morning dance party you're looking at. It's a good picture, huh? Yes, yes, that's a good, clear picture, all right. So maybe you like the music a little bit louder. Mr. Mark, Mr. Mark. Uh, so you, uh, you have to walk back to the set and turn it on? <laughs> no, sir. This little remote control unit right here in my hand. So I push a little button like this. Now listen, will you? And you see, up comes the music. Tonight I didn't even have a duck to set. That's wonderful, huh? Can you bring that music down a bit? Well, of course, like this. There. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's, that's better. Now, Mr. Mark. Now, also, you uh, can change the station. While at the same time, President-elect Kennedy visited with a new John Yeah. Oh, that's what Earl Foreman told me. 
And maybe this TV demonstration of yours, this remote control gizmo, explains just how that hold-up man knows when the coast is clear. Well, if I don't understand what you're saying, Mr. Dollar. In other words... Now, wait, Mr. Dollar. Yes, you have an idea? Yeah, I certainly have. Because if you're from the insurance company, and if you're the one to see I get paid back for what I lost, well, should we talk business? Yes, yes, we'll talk business, all right, but not about your insurance. But, Mr. Uh, Dollar... That that remote control device. Here. Here, now, how how does this thing work? hmm? Well, well, uh, I don't know exactly. It's some kind of waves. Waves? Yes, sound waves or, or something. You know, in this booklet here that comes with a set. Uh, uh, sound waves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, look, look, look here. Mm. It says waves of 44.6 kilocycles to 51 kilocycles. Yeah. So high in pitch as to be inaudible to the human ear. That means you can't hear it. Yes, I know. Go on. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Uh, actuated device within the set itself that changes volume or station channels or turns it off or turns it on. Okay. Okay, I've got it. Yeah? Yes, yes. Don't you see? This hold-up man has a pal. So? Yes, that's it. There is somebody along this main street who can keep tabs on all you store owners, who knows when you're all alone in your shop. Oh, he does. And by radio, he communicates with the man who actually pulls the hold-up. Tells him when the coast is clear. You mean that one of the merchants, that somebody here along this street is telling this hold-up? Yes. He's telling him by radio when it's safe. Yes, that's exactly what I mean. And he doesn't know it. Uh But his radio signal on a band somewhere between 44 and 51 kilocycles is also working this remote control gadget. So? (laughs) I told you it was a whipple of marvelous set. All right, then. Hmm? If I can get hold of a direction finder, I can try... Sending out the all-clear information to the hold-up man. You really think so? That is the answer, Mr. Mark. And I think I know where to get hold of a direction finder. Yet if what you say is true, Mr. Dollar. Yes, well? Well, after the way this set was behaving a couple of minutes ago. Right, right. More hold-up information being sent out from that transmitter. Yeah, but then there ought to be another hold-up. Only there isn't. At least there isn't any... Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Come on. Because now, Mr. Mark, we know the answer. Using the phone in the store of Mr. Mark's, I ran up item four. Twenty cents for a call to Bob McKinney in North Hollywood, who was known among radio hands as W6VFG. He not only used to handle the engineering end of my broadcast, but believe me, Bob knows his kilocycles like the back of his hand. Sure, it's possible, Johnny. All that a hold-up man needs is a little vest pocket receiver lashed up to get signals on that oddball frequency. And somebody along this street can send him info about when the coast is clear. Right. Okay, then, Bob. If you can bring a direction finder over here, we can track down the transmitter and nab at least one other team. Yes, unless this last one was the last one. How soon can you get over here with that equipment? Are you sure the signal's being transmitted within that frequency range? No, it has to be. And I'll do whatever rewiring is necessary here at home. And uh, how about first thing in the morning? 
I'll be waiting for you at the Marks Radio Television Shop here on the main drag. I'll be there. I drove back to West Los Angeles and spent the rest of the day and the night with Earl Foreman and his wife. Then, early the next morning, met Bob at Mr. Mark's shop in La Moga Beach. As Bob finished setting up his radio direction finder... Huh. All set. Johnny, you still haven't told me how you got the frequency of that signal he's sending out, whoever he is. Now, it's easy, Bob. That TV set up there on the floor. You see him? There against the wall? With the big one? Mm-hmm. There's a remote control. That, um, that little removable box with the buttons on it? Yeah, I know the model. I push one of these buttons, it sends out a signal in that frequency range that I gave you. It makes this set chain station. So if the transmitter sending out info to the holdup man also makes the set chain station, no, it must be working in that same frequency. No, Johnny, no. What? I'm sorry, but it doesn't mean a thing. Well, what, what do you mean? That remote control puts out sound waves. Well, I know. Too high in pitch for us to hear them. Not radio waves. Well, what do you mean? that my theory, my whole theory about somebody transmitting information, that you mean it's all wrong? Johnny, it's sound that makes the TV set react. So whether somebody's using a radio transmitter on that frequency or not, I couldn't possibly. And yet I suppose the matter of resonating, I mean, a sympathetic resonance. What? Well, sometimes nearby to a broadcasting transmitter, a pile of bits of metal, something like that, sometimes it'll resonate. By listening to a pile of scrap metal, you can actually hear the broadcast. So... But the transmitter of these signals would have to be practically on top of this TV set. Maybe it is. Huh? Because whoever is tipping this guy off to when the coast is clear, to when some businessman is alone in his store, has to be somewhere right along this main street. Well... Otherwise, he wouldn't be able to see when it's all clear. Well, maybe if it was somebody right next door. Mr. Marks. The Marywell sisters with their nice dress shop? Never, Mr. Dollar, never. And on the other side of this place? My good friend Sam the Taylor. Uh-huh. But on top of this shop of yours, it's uh, built up like a lighthouse. Yeah, for local color here at the beach. Yeah? Like like Tony's bar, is like the front of a ship, and like that Hawaiian... Yes, yes, but what, what, what is in this lighthouse of yours? Just a couple of small apartments I rent. But there's a transmitting antenna on the top of it. Oh? And I don't see a transmitter in the shop. Well, I don't have any. All I sell is receiving things like radio. Bob, and Bob, you have got it. One of your boarders, Mr. Marks. Those two boys? Boys? Well, you know, 25, maybe 30 years old. Well, what do they do? Well, that Willard Thorson, he never seems to leave the place. Well, of course he doesn't, because up there in that tower is where he can see everything that goes on down here on the street. The whole length of the street, Johnny, you're right. And the other one, Mr. Marks. Well, I don't know. That that Harry Williams goes out early in the morning and comes back late at night? Well, of course, because he is out waiting to get the word from Thorson up there on the tower. And Johnny, if that transmitter is up in the tower, it's pretty close enough to affect this TV set. Then go on up there, Mr. Dollar, and arrest that Willard, that, that, that Willard Thorson. On what? Unless we catch him broadcasting information to Harry Williams. And even then, pal Harry might get away. Right. So, I have a better idea. Why don't we just sit down here and watch some TV? 
So we did. For three solid days. Until suddenly the set began to change stations unexpectedly. When that happened, Bob turned on his direction finder. And yes, that signal was coming from straight up over our heads. And the voice that Mr. Marks identified at Willis Thorson told his pal Harry the coast was clear at Beckham the Jewelers. Yeah, right down the street, Mr. Dollar. Only five doors down the street. So while Bob McKinney went up in the tower to grab Willard Thorson, I hiked on down the back alley to Beckham the Jewelers with my 38 ready for action. And I got there just in time to find Harry Williams about to leave by the back door, loaded with Beckham's dough. You know, I didn't like his look. I didn't like that forty-five in his hand either. And he objected to my barring his getaway. He was really kind of nasty about it. But after a while, we kind of reached an understanding. And my, uh, my knuckles are still sore from when he ran into my fist. Yes, I guess there's nothing like modern electronics as an aid to crime and as an aid to catching a crook. Two of them in this case. Expense account total, including a trip home... Oh, call it 400 bucks even. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Oh, here's our star to tell you about next week's story. Next week, a crook, a firebug, unwittingly solves the case for me and hands me a Christmas present to boot. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Jack Johnstone, produced and directed by Bruno Zorato Jr. Heard in our cast, Leon Janney as Mr. Mark, Les Damon as Earl, Bill Sterling as Bob, and Athena Lord as Mrs. Webster.